1: your home of pub sport with over 900 sports pubs across the country green king is where the fans go showing every broadcast game for spurs head down to your nearest pub and you can enjoy every live sporting event from bt and sky sports on tap Download the Green King Season Ticket app and you can receive a free drink when you register and 10% off a great range of drinks one hour before, during and after any match. Head to the App Store and search Season Ticket to download the app. When registering, if you use the promotion code SPURS, that's SPURS in all caps, as a listener of the show, you'll get an additional £5 off when you spend £15 on drinks. Green King, it's where the fans go, your home of pub sport.
2: Get all the latest football headlines and bite sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts. Glory glory the Glory glory, the, glory, glory the, and the Spurs go
1: marching on Well, hello Spurs fans around the world, it's Theo Delaney here, speaking to you from North London with another edition of the Spurs show so much going on such a busy time so many ups and downs so lucky for me I've got a great panel here with me welcome back first of all Orla Hannan hello Orla
3: lovely to be here
1: great to have you back Orla also here Dave Edwards how are you Dave I'm fine Theo nice to be back good to see you all good to see you and one of the great chroniclers of Tottenham Hotspur Chris Cowlin is here how are you Chris
4: Very well, Theo. Thank you. And uh, thanks for having me back.
1: Good to see you, mate. Well, so much to talk about because the last time, between uh, or rather, since the last Spurs show, there have been two colossal games. We've got two games coming up. And a small matter of the Champions League draw, it's almost your sport for choice, but I'm going to try and do it chronologically because normally I'd do the most recent game, but that Marseille game was so epic. It was so huge, both in terms of the implications, but also the drama of the night itself. And if ever there was a lurid caricature of a game of two halves, that was it. Ola, what did you make of that game?
3: Well, um, I've aged <laughs> About twenty years since, yeah. like, uh, in during that game, yeah, it was a deeply unpleasant experience. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not apart from the very last moment because at yeah. no point did I think that we were safe. At like, at, at no point until that final goal went in. Um, the first half funny, I was listening to the podcast from last week and somebody said that at a recent game they they had never seen Spurs play so badly. Yeah. And I feel like Spurs heard that and then said, hold my drink.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> because I genuinely kind of think they should have just played five under-18s yeah. and then taken them off for the yeah. second half. Because it wouldn't have made any difference.
1: Yeah, it, it, was it was so peculiar.
3: It was, I mean, we couldn't keep the ball at all. No. It, like I don't think there was a player on the pitch that kept the ball. It was yeah, it was kind of embarrassing actually. It wasn't it it was yeah, in the first half and then you know the second half
4: Completely obviously different.
3: a little bit better. Um yeah. But it 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 never got in. It was never a enjoyable watch. No, yeah. I
1: mean this peculiar thing that we we we, we, we had become accustomed to which is that Conte sends them out just to sit back and be completely passive in the first half and then should if they go behind then suddenly they turn into a football team this was peak the peak the most extreme example of it and I guess because he's an Italian manager you know he likes defensive football and he basically the game starts with us in possession of what we need in other words a point To get through to the next round, so I get I can only assume he said, "Don't worry, don't don't worry about football. Just make sure we don't let any goals in. Don't don't you don't need to cross the halfway line. If we if we don't let any goals in, we're through. Is that how you saw it, Dave? Is that what is that what you were thinking? Do you think?
2: I I actually missed the game because I was uh, booked in at a gym session, so I only caught it on catch up. Um, so I was listening in as I could, and to me, it's the same old story. We just we just do the same old thing, and I think Conte has read the Spurs manual back to front. In that, never do it easy. Do yeah. it the hardest way you can. You've got everything ahead of you. It's straightforward, but no, we're Tottenham. Make it as hard as you possibly can, and age every member of our fan base in forty-five minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, Chris, what were you thinking at half time And that, I mean, did you have any? I mean, did you had you? Was there bits of hair? around you that you'd been tearing out or was your head red from banging it against the wall?
4: Well, I was actually sat in the stadium in the neutral end. Okay. So getting inside that stadium was, it was a scary place to go. And I tell you what, I wouldn't be watching back there, Um, but it, it, it is typical Tottenham so far this season. Yeah, um, but to put a, a positive spin on it, we are sitting in the top four, and we did go through as group winners. Yeah, so we've got to take the positives from it. Yeah, uh, of, of course, Antonio Conte has called it a process. Um, for me, I think if you put two decent wing backs in this Tottenham Hotspur side, yeah. which is crying out for, yeah. I think this will transform this team. Yeah. Um, you know, like last season, Benton Kerr and Kulusevsky, two fantastic January signings. Mm. I think that if the club went out and act- actively went out and got two decent um, wingbacks, it would transform this side. But um, I'm fully behind Antonio Conte um, and his system. I just think he needs the right personnel. But at halftime, we've been here so many times before, and mm. I've said this many times this season, that I just don't feel feel that we've got out of first gear yet. Um, but the positives to take, if you said to a lot of Tottenham Hotspur fans going into the World Cup that we'd be sitting in the top four and we were group winners in the Champions League, I think we would have all taken it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I've got no overall. I've got... I'm not concerned... Uh, about uh, the project, if you like, and the process, as you say, and I think that he, you know, I was looking today at, you know, Klopp. There's some sort of anniversary of Klopp taking over at Liverpool or something, or he's just, and I think he's just been given the freedom of Liverpool. Klopp took over Liverpool in 2015. He didn't win a trophy till 2019, when he won the Champions League against Spurs. He'd been to a couple of finals before that, but he'd failed to convert. And you think uh, during that whole period—that's four years. I mean, during that whole period. It, they were never on his back. He was never close to the sack. I mean, I remember Liverpool coming to play Spurs during that time and being totally turned over. I mean, I remember once tweeting. I think it was before they bought. It was before the you know the the famous uh, Watershed signings of um, you know Van Dijk and Allison. But I, I they came to Spurs and Spurs just absolutely easily beat them. And I just remember just tweeting the words. Liverpool aren't very good are they and all these liverpool fans going mental you know what they're like absolutely beautiful. people who are considered to be personal friends threatening me all sorts within 6 months they were much better and the rest is history and the thing is conte He's only had a year, one year, and he's already got us back into the Champions League, which we would never have suspected last season at all. We really didn't expect him to be able to do that. And as you say, we've been in the top four all season and all of that. Having said all that, my God, half time in Marseille, just thinking what on earth is going on there? I, I suppose we all had a sneaking suspicion they would come out and be transformed, but they, they, was, they were actually very good second half. I mean second half performance what i mean individual performances were some of them were absolutely outstanding Benton Kerr has really emerged hasn't he as a as an absolute hero and a top you know i can't remember being as impressed with an all-round midfielder since dembele all i know you're a fan of Benton Kerr.
3: i love him mm. <laughs> yeah i love him and actually you know what i am an eternal optimist as you have to be as a spurs fan mm. And I will absolutely agree, yeah, we're in the top uh, we're in the top four, we've got through. And I mean, you know, Sonny's injury um was awful, you know, in, yeah. in that game. And I, I'm a huge fan of Son as well. And watching him being taken off and he had obviously no clue where he was. Mm. And if yeah, if you consider the, our injuries, you know, that we have now, um to be honest, the World Cup I think is coming for us a, a really lucky time because yeah. if you remember last season, remember when Sun was out and we had a couple of those games that got put off, mm-hmm. and then by the time the games got put back on, we had players back, which meant that actually we probably we won games that we we may have lost. Yeah, um, I kind of think that you'd like to hope that we will come as long as people get through the, the World Cup unscathed. Um, Uh, Kane, I'm looking at you. Um, That 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 we will, you know, we are going. If we can get three points at Leeds and go into the World Cup, everyone comes out of that okay. Then yeah, I think we are optimistically in a good position for the rest of the the season. And I completely answered a different question to your question, so apologies for that. No, no, not at all. (laughs) Yes, I love Ben Concourt Is the is the answer? Is brilliant. I think he's only getting better. uh, yeah, he's he's brilliant. I think that that he was great again at the weekend. Um, yeah. I mean, even
1: and just one last thing on that Marseille game, even though the first half was absolutely dire, the second half to win it the way we did with that incredible finish from, from Hoybier, who looked dead on his feet, didn't he? 20 minutes before you just thought, how does he even keep going? I mean, Hoybier is a freak of nature, the amount of heart, because he doesn't just play every game. He plays every game to the absolute max, isn't he? Is such a hard-working player, all-rounder. And for him to burst, of all people, to burst through at the end there, and it was like a Michael Owen, 18-year-old Michael Owen goal, wasn't it? Where he's storming through and smacking it in with uh, the most outrageous angle. So, to be fair, all right, the first half was absolutely appalling, but to, the way we were played in the second half, and the way um and the way it finished was absolutely glorious. I mean, I was absolutely delirious, charging around the living room as usual, really upsetting the rest of the family just shaking their heads, rolling their eyes, tutting, and just sloping off because it was just uh, i mean it was just it was it was glorious, and of course, it set us up nicely, even though we look really knackered and we got a lot of injuries, and as you say, son was added to the injury list. it set us up for an intriguing encounter. Uh, with Liverpool, the aforementioned Liverpool uh, which happened yesterday, Sunday and Liverpool of course had their own problems, so going into the game, despite the fact we looked quite tired and we were a little bit threadbare, losing, not having Romero, not having Richarlison or Son, but Having Kulu back on the bench was something, at least, and Kane. Again, Kane's a bit like Hoybjerg; he seems indestructible. I mean, he just plays and plays and plays. I mean, I'm, I'm touching wood when, when I say that because, you know, he, he has had injuries in the past. Didn't have a big injury last season. He hasn't had one this season so far. We go into that Liverpool game reasonably optimistic, despite all the injuries and fatigue, and it didn't work out for us for a variety of reasons. Dave, what did you? What was your? What was your main? Uh, conclusion from that
2: I, I I was very optimistic about that game as well, I thought Liverpool uh, they seem to be going backwards a little bit, a bit like we we are at the moment, they're in a sort of middling place and you know they've got the quality there um, I was worried obviously when we lost Sonny, that's a big loss already losing Richarlison and Kuliszewski not being 100% fit. I was very, very optimistic, but we, we let ourselves down again, as always. It, it's simple, basic mistake, but I can't fault the attitude of the team in, in going all out for it, especially that second half. Mm. You know that's probably the best we've played this season, mm. and we've come away with nothing when you know we really, really should have had something for that game at least.
1: I mean, two words spring to my mind. I I hesitate to say them. I'm going to say them anyway. Eric Dyer. Yep. Sorry. Um, Eric, I mean, he always makes one big gaff per game, which leads to a big chance, doesn't it?
2: And it's basic. It's it's fundamental basics of football. You know, there's... Maybe Hugo's at fault. Are they, are they talking to each other as well at these moments? Is well, he's, it, the, he's the other gaff-prone individual. It's like they've just called exactly. the club. And I mean, once they start playing from the back, playing tiki tacky across the back of the defence, you know, no the problem. fans are sort of nervous and that's probably feeding through as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I
1: you know, you look at, uh, you know, we're, we're playing at the highest possible level there. We've got players, many of them are on, you know, six figures per week. We're in the Champions League. We're at the higher end of the Premier League. So the the sophistication of the sports science, the tactics, you know, the attitude and everything is is as as high as it can be. And the same with their opponents. And yet, one stupid mistake will lead almost inevitably at that level to a goal. Two stupid mistakes, two goals, etc. And I love Dye. I love everything about him. He's a Tottenham man. He's in so many other ways. For the rest of the game, usually he's mm-hmm. really, really, really good in many ways. Defensively, you know, he plays great passes. He gets involved, bring, brings the ball out of defence. He does all of those great things. But he is always liable to give the other team a goal. And that's so huge. That is such it's a At that
2: huge level, def- definitely. It's,
1: it's huge. And you just think, you know, I mean, when people make individual mistakes, you always think, well, it's a bit unfair. Everyone can make a mistake. But when it's the same people making the same mistakes over and over it just seems like a crazy lapse in concentration or something you you just I almost I feel sorry for him I just think what was going through his head when Salah puts that goal in the net
3: that's that's what we need to to move on to the next level I think we have to stop making those stupid little errors because Dyer as you said he's a he's Tottenham through and through he's the sort of player that we love yeah but and he, ha- he has the ability to be really great. I was reading a really interesting article recently about him, about how he's just, if he could just stop making those stupid errors, yeah. he would be a brilliant player. Yeah. But we have too many like that. We have Royal, who's like,
0: yeah.
3: he, <laughs> you know, he's not. And I think when you bring on somebody like Kulisevsky, who is, you know, interesting and immediately makes a difference you can see the difference a player like that in our team makes to the whole team and we just need more of them that just are creative and just don't uh, quite a lot of those players just seem to be have this idea of what they've been told to do and they're going to do that they're going to try and do what they think they've been told to do and they've no creativity there and then they make mistakes and then they do something stupid
1: yeah Um, i mean uh, poor old emerson royale gets so much stick and he is so committed and he puts in so much work and defensively you can't you can't fault him for, I mean, just some really good things, but he's got absolutely nothing to offer when he gets in that final third. And yesterday I felt like he was really getting stick from the crowd and it actually seemed to me like his confidence was, I mean, we've seen it before over the years at Tottenham, you know, players get, picked on by the crowd, and you can actually see it, and and I just felt so sorry for him, he had to go, I mean he had to go off, and of course the minute he comes off, it's a huge difference Doherty is a specialist in that position, he's made a career out of being effective going forward at right wing back and him and Kulishewski were an absolute breath of fresh air, as you say, although it, it changed everything, and Kulishewski was I mean, he, he is top class, isn't he, Chris? I mean, thank God he's back just in time with Son song going out. I mean, and of course, yeah. he's not going to the World Cup, is he? Sweden haven't qualified, I don't no. think.
4: No. So that's um, good. Top, top player. And uh, I love that phrase about uh, Juventus rejects, because, of course, Benton Kerr and Kulusevski over this yeah. last year have been absolutely sensational for us. But as all have said, instant impact from Kulusevski off the bench, setting up uh, Harry Kane. Um, but... Just a little bit on Emerson Royale. Um, He clearly is just not good enough to play for Tottenham Hotspur. And when this wing-back system is so important to Antonio Conte, I'm just so surprised that we've got Cessnion and Emerson Royale. Now, what on earth is Jed Spence doing not to get on the bench yesterday? Um, Doherty, to me, looks like a right wing-back. I was at the Bournemouth game last week. Emerson Royale set up a shot and actually hit it um, outside the stadium into the <laughs> car park and the Tottenham fans were very nice about him then. Um, no. I don't know what Antonio Conte sees in Emerson Royale, because you expect improvements by, you know, from a lot of these players, like you mentioned Heubier, um earlier, you know, he's probably our most standout player alongside Benton Kerr this season, you know, yeah. really improved, but Emerson, I just don't see any improvements week by week. Uh, I think this definitely needs addressing in the next transfer window.
1: Yeah, I wonder actually whether they will. I mean, to me, that's I, I completely agree, and anyone can see it. I, I feel sorry for him, but he, you're right. He's just—I just don't think he's ever going to be good. And I don't think he's got it in him. I mean, no, you talk about players who give it everything, and that's why you love him. He, and he really does. He really cares. He really wants to give it everything. He puts. But I would give it everything. You could stick me out there, a fifty-year-old yeah. man who was never any good in the first place. I'd give okay. it absolutely everything, but it's not going to work.
4: It's can not I also say? Work. Can I also say, Theo, about Eric Dyer, Um, as much as all the fans love Eric Dyer, he isn't good enough. Yeah. He isn't good enough to to win us trophies and he isn't good enough for an Antonio Conte side. So I think sometimes as Spurs fans, as much as I love to be positive, I think sometimes as Spurs fans, we need to stop being so sentimental about players that have been there for a while. Like Deli Alli, for instance, you know, a lot of us didn't want Deli Alli to go, but it was never going to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, you're you're absolutely right. And I hopefully Conti will be. Conti's working, you know, to uh, like I said, it took Klopp four years to mould that team into a trophy winning yeah. side. And Conti's only had one year, which he was quick to point out yesterday, actually. He was disappointed that the fans were booing at halftime. I was disappointed as well. I don't think I think it's mad booing them at halftime. They didn't even play particularly badly in that first half. They were two 0 down because of one good goal and one absolute gift of a goal. Apart from that, the team team had played well
3: and we should have had a penalty
1: absolutely definitely we should, have had, should have
3: had a penalty how i mean is... i don't understand how you can push somebody with two no. hands in the back and no. then also then get a and then he did the same thing yeah like a little bit later and got a yellow card for it like because it felt yeah. like yeah. i think if he'd given that as a penalty and it had gone to var var would not have
1: no, i it. totally agree with you um, I, I, I lost my I'm afraid I did lose my composure. I had my daughter with me as well in the upper <laughs> west of all places. when he gave the not so much when he didn't give the penalty, I went a bit mad when he didn't give the penalty. But when he gave that free kick ten minutes later for precisely the same foul, I'm in, I'm afraid I I I'm slightly worried I might get one of those letters from the club saying there have been complaints <laughs> about your language. I mean I'm really I, dreading it.
2: I do think the booing was aimed more at IR. And rather than the actual team. Because everyone around me altered the same thing that, you know, we're playing well. It's not, yeah, yeah. you know, but it's just frustration with those mistakes well regularly occurring.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you pay your money, you, you take your choice, you can do whatever you want. But I I agree. There's consensus here that I think that we know Emerson Royale's not good enough. We all love Dyer, but if we're really honest, he's probably not good enough. But I just don't think Booing them's going to get us anywhere. I think it's actually can only be counterproductive. You know, I don't think they think, "Oh, I'm being booed. I might start playing well now and stop making mistakes." If you look at players, I mean, you only have to think of what it would be like. You said put yourself in their position. You know, your own fans booing you and deriding you from the touchlines while you're while you're going about it in in the cauldron that is a Premier League game in front of millions of people. I mean, it's a it's a nightmare of proportions that none of us will ever have to go through. You know, and so no wonder it can only affect them badly. I would have thought. I certainly saw visibly saw emerson royale shrink and it's it, it's 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 nasty to see having said that yeah although i sympathize with them yeah i mean emerson royale's never going to be good enough i don't i totally agree as well what is what spence i don't know what i mean how bad can spence be i mean he's a specialist in that position he's got bags of pace i mean when he has made very brief cameo appearances he's done nothing wrong I mean, I, I really don't understand it, but maybe in the window they will go out and buy um, wingbacks. Do you think that's possible, Chris? Are you hearing anything? <laughs>
4: It, it has to happen. And I'll I tell you what, I'm so surprised that we started the season um, still with Emerson Royale and Matt Doherty. Um, Antonio Conte called Jed Spence a club signing. So he, he's yeah. obviously not a player that he wanted to bring in. Perisic, I think has been um, good so far. And I think that yeah. we will see a lot more of him as Antonio Conte has said that, um, you know, because he's been injured, you know, expect a little bit more from him. And I think he's such a professional experienced player. I think yeah. he's great, but um, we have to address this area because, you know, it's so important to Antonio Conte and I just think that you put two quality players in those positions uh, whipping balls in and really helping the team out I think that we will probably be um, you know, a lot higher up in the league and yeah. we will feel a lot more optimistic about this season but um, I just think that we need to back Antonio Conte. I don't get the booze either. I've never ever booed Spurs even at our lowest points. I've never ever booed my football club or any of the players. I always mm. wish them well um, but I've been very surprised, actually, on how many times we've seen and heard booing at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium since we moved in yeah. uh, in 2019. A lot under various different managers, but of course the, the the fans pay their money. They they feel sometimes that they're entitled to do that. Um, but the wing back areas, as I say, I think is definitely the, the key areas that we need to address in the coming windows. And I just hope that Antonio Conte is around uh, for us to give him what he needs.
1: Yeah. I mean, he still talks when, when I hear him speak, he still sounds to me like he's, he's still into it. You know, he's, he's, he sees the opportunity here. Everything's here. They spend a bit of money. They, they back him in the transfer market. They got best stadium in the world, best trading ground in the world. He's obviously extremely well paid. He's not going to be, he's going to struggle to get the same salary in another league, you know, because the Premier League is so far ahead financially. So I think, um, and the very fact that he says, look, This isn't going to happen in one year. We're not going to go from where we were in one year and suddenly be contenders and and, and win every week. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So he's speaking like he sees it Long term, so I hope. Yeah, I, I very much hope he does stick around. Although, again, half time in the Marseille game, she looked at Twitter. After fans wanted him out, <laughs> get rid of him. You get people potching Conti out. Come on, this is never going. I mean, I'm not going to. I refuse to watch this anymore. It's hilarious, isn't it? It's just unbelievable, really.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think the secret now is just turn up for the second half if you want to see a game. Yeah, know. maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe that is what it's all about. Well, let's talk about, because we got through against Marseille and unexpectedly won the group at one point during that game. I think we were bottom of it or well, we certainly weren't in the qualifying positions. It was a it was a hell of a dramatic finale for that group. But today saw the, uh, the draw for the next round and we got what I would call a middling draw, I reckon, the way I see it, which is Milan, AC Milan, the red and black variety of Milan. Uh, I immediately thought back to that epic night where we where we beat them one nil on their own ground, and uh, it was Crouch, wasn't it? Who put it, it, was, in. Was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you make of that as a draw? All? Do you find that exciting?
3: Yeah, as you said, it's completely middling. I mean, they're a team that are not well. They they're not who they used to be. I think that Chelsea kind of beat them twice, didn't they? Quite yeah. easily in the in yeah. their the round. Um, I think Conti will be well up for it. Mm. I think he yeah, want I mean, to go there. want to go there and just shove it to them. So yeah. um, I was happy with it. I thought, but, and again with this, you know, you, it, I think they're a good team to play at this level. Be, uh, you know, at, at this stage, I should say in the Champions League, because you have to beat a team like that. You know, it's not yeah. you have to kind of. It's, it's easy to go in and get a, a Bruges or whatever, and then go, oh great, we've got we beat them, and then we'll go to the next round. I think you're better off getting one of those middly teams. Yeah. And you know, I think we could definitely have them.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, they're and, uh, yeah. they're a massive name, of course. They've got a fantastic heritage, I and mean, I think they've won it like seven times or something. I think they only. I think only Liverpool and Real Madrid have won it more. I think they're they're a huge, uh, a, you know, European name. They won the Italian league last year, but they don't look like they're going to win it this year. They do think like they do look like they've uh, gone backwards a bit and. Uh, Napoli look very much like the best team in uh, in Italy at the moment. Chris, do you think we can? Um, do you think? Do you expect us to go through?
4: I do. Yeah, as all I've said, um, they they uh, they lost to Chelsea twice, two and three nil. Uh, very comfortable wins for Chelsea. Um, I'm very very pleased with the draw actually. And when you think as well that we've got the January transfer window, and this, this is why I keep going on about the transfers. If you give Antonio Conte exactly what he needs, then. Uh, You know, it could be a very, very good starting eleven when we play the Champions League again. Um, But as you've said, um, AC Milan are not the side they used to be. They're they're currently sat second in Serie A. um, But they're they're nowhere near the quality of what they were many years ago. But I'm I'm delighted with the draw, actually. Delighted.
2: Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm just delighted that we were actually in the last 16 for the start. So that's a bonus (laughs) from the start. So whoever we got... Right, it's 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 knockout time now, isn't it? So we could have had a worse draw. We've had a better one. So you know, it, it's all to play for. As Chris says, if we make those transfers, the signings in in January that Conte wants. Then who's to say we can't you know go on? Yeah, and really absolutely. make a statement.
1: Yeah, I mean you, you know once you're in the knockout rounds, anything can happen. You get past them and. You know the the thing is, what happens nowadays is the Premier League teams tend to hang around. All all four of them have got through, and you wouldn't be surprised. If we deep if we did meet Milan, uh, beat Milan, you could easily find yourselves playing Liverpool or City. I mean, obviously we played City in the in the quarterfinals when we got to the final, and Liverpool in the final. That start, starts to rear its ugly head a bit. The prospect of all Premier League encounters, which you don't particularly want, but you know we've done it before. We've done we've it done before. It, We'd done it before and we are in it. You know, uh, there's so much. The whole thing's a bit of a lot. The whole of this whole season, is, as people keep saying, it's a bit of a lottery now because we don't know how, how teams are going to emerge from the World Cup in terms of injuries and morale and things like that. Uh, and there's a window straight after that, of course. So, uh, you know, who knows what, what these teams are going to be looking like when they finally come to play because they're going to be playing in these games in February. So a yeah. lot, lot of water will have gone under the bridge between now and then. Um, Anyway, let's take a quick break before we talk about the exciting prospect of Nottingham Forest away in the Carabao
0: Cup. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
1: Okay, we're back. So before we continue, I would just like to say that our monthly London live shows are up and running. Sign up and join us at season.spursshow.net. December the 20th is the big day to mark in your diary because that is our Christmas show. We have an annual Christmas show, as regulars will know. It's always good, it's always big. It's at the 100 Club this year, which is our favourite venue, although we've had had lots of great venues. So, 100 Club. Uh, and our special guest is Paul Robinson, England's Yay. number one, as we used to refer to him. What a top bloke, brilliant! And and he's you know he's got lots and lots of stories from an era at Spurs, which isn't so far away. So I'm really looking forward to talking to him. You can get tickets at Bileto.co.uk, or you can click the ticket link in the show notes to this show and our monthly shows by the way our smaller more intimate shows which take place in central london uh resume in january and they'll be on the last wednesday of every month from january and the first one will be with jerry armstrong jerry armstrong of course was a very decent uh, center forward for tottenham but also went on to have a very uh, interesting career played in spain scored one of the most famous goals in northern ireland's football history And uh, so he's got lots to say. So I'm really looking forward to talking to him. That'll be on the third Wednesday in January. And as I say, they are monthly. So if you sign up at season.spursshow.net, you can get a season ticket for all of those great shows that we always have a good night. Uh, This show will continue throughout the World Cup and we'll be focusing on how all the Spurs players are doing for their respective countries and keeping an eye on all the news coming out of the club during that time. Maybe we'll start to hear, uh, some more sort of concrete rumors about what, what we might be doing in that transfer window. Uh, and we'll be all over those and a sister show to this one, the world cup comedy panel show, never write off the Germans, which always comes up during every world cup. It's returning again due to popular demand. Uh, myself and Mike Lee will be appearing once or twice only once or twice don't worry there'll be genuinely funny people on it as well and um so look out for that we'll share that with you too uh look out for our socials uh for links to that never write off the Germans uh, and for premium content, including a daily news show with ex player interviews and original documentary series on Spurs, go to patreoncom forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. And also with Christmas around the corner, you could grab some lovely Spurs show merchandise. We've got Peter Cook, Bob Marley, Bruce Forsyth, Emma Radichano, Adele and Paul Whitehouse. No, that's not the lineup for the Christmas show. But they all appear on various items in the Spurs Show merchandise range. Uh, Also, uh, other people that appear on those items include Antonio Conte, Hume Min Son, uh, and one or two others. Uh, Click the link in the description to this podcast or go to the Spurs Show store Create a Well click the link in the show notes is probably your best bet um follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and please leave us a nice review on itunes that really helps if you give us five five stars on itunes that like shoots us up and gets us in front of people uh and spreads the word so we'd appreciate that if you get a moment so we're back in the room and it's time to talk about this curio it's almost like a curio all that's happening we got a world cup like you know seems like minutes away we've got the champions league just about just just managed to gasp and, and stagger over the line into that we've just played bloody liverpool in the premier league we got another premier league game next weekend which we'll be previewing in a separate show later in the week the leeds game and in the midst of all this craziness we go to nottingham forest in the Carabao Cup. Orla, do you pick you are Antonio Conte? Do you pick a uh, do you pick a, a proper full strength side for that game?
3: Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I yeah I I I mean I have no idea but I mean I I can't imagine that he would play Kane. Mm. Um, and yeah he
1: always seems to and yet
3: he? I mean I have no idea because I think that if I was Spence and I didn't get picked for that game, I might just, um, yeah, go and get another job. I don't know, because you kind of think, what will he have to do? He'll either go to it. I think he'll either play, you know, um, Hill, Mora, um, and just let Kane have a bit of a sleep. Um, But then you wonder... Who else there is? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. I mean, weird. who plays centre
1: forward if Kane doesn't? And Richarlison presumably is no, not not really you know, going to be available. He's
3: not. Well, although he got picked in the Brazilian squad, today, yeah. didn't he? So you'd yeah. like to hope that he'll be back for the World Cup. And they they seem to think that Son's going to play it now at the World Cup as well. So that's great. Right. Um, but for this week, um, yeah, you know, we need to bring Parrot back from on loan. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's about time we brought him back. Yeah. Um, or,
1: or Scarlet. We'll Is he? Injured. Yeah.
3: I mean they'll play I mean I presume Skip will play. Yeah. Um you know you'd like to think that he'd throw a load of kids on, but you never know with him. No. You know, you cannot second guess him. You've got no idea what he's gonna do. No idea. So yeah, he may just pull out a full squad and Kane's there and Hoyler there, and they'll be like crawling over the line. Who knows? I mean, it's always a, it's a great dilemma,
1: isn't it, with the Carabao Cup, especially in a situation like this, because on the one hand, you have people say, I mean, my instincts are like yours, Ola, For Christ's sake, give them a rest. Jesus Christ, the Leeds game is more important in many ways. And, you know, it's so important to, to, to remain in that top four as we go into this break psychologically and everything. But on the other hand, people say, yeah, but, you know, the thing about Tottenham, they've got everything. They've been, they've been one of the top sides in recent years, but they've, the one thing they haven't got is a trophy. And if you look back over history, teams just need to get a, one trophy and then everything follows once they're used to winning. And the Carabao Cup is an excellent way to do that. That's what people say. And in order to do that, we could, this is a Premier League team we're going to visit. We've got, we've no idea what sort of a lineup they'll pick. I mean, they've obviously got massive problems in the league. They've they've got – they're they're in a relegation battle big time. So it's possible that he will rest lots of important players. But he's got a weird, big, unwieldy squad. I mean, I think they signed 20-something players, didn't they, in the summer. He's still trying to work out what his best 11 is. Some of them he's he's yet to introduce himself to. I mean, so even if he does pick a second – what is even his second string? I don't know. It's difficult to know how to play it. David, what do you think about the Carabao Cup? Do you think you should deprioritise it?
2: Um, no, I'd, I'd like us to go for it. I want us to go for everything. Um, mm. But I agree with Ola, We need to throw the youngsters in and, you know, bleed them into the squad and, and playing in the first team and have the big guns on the bench like we normally do. But yeah. we need to, as you say, we need to get a trophy to kickstart it. That's, that's how Chelsea started. They won the, 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 the caribou cap and yeah. kicked on yeah. from there
1: yeah 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 exactly and lots of clubs you know that's the, that's often the story to teams that become serial trophy winners so chris these are the players that could play i'm going to give you the play you tell me if any of these you think may or may not play i mean um you're looking at obviously davis and sanchez tanganga um skip Maybe Saar, who I liked the look of in pre-season a lot, he looked like a really good player. Brian Hill, who's looked good when he's come on, um, yeah, Lucas Mora, who, but there are question marks over his fitness at the moment. Whether he's whether he is a hundred percent. Are there any others? I mean, people like White. Are there any others that might come through and really surprise us who are, who are genuine youngsters, Chris?
4: Well, I'm sorry to say, I completely disagree with Dave and Orla on this one because. Okay. 14 and a half years without a trophy, including this game. We win four matches in the Carabao Cup. We're in the final. Now, Antonio Conte will go down as a Spurs legend if he puts the Tottenham Hotspur, you know, a trophy in the Tottenham Hotspur cabinet. And I just think that this is probably realistically our best chance of winning silverware this season. And I just think so close to the World Cup with the Nottingham Forest and the Leeds game. If we had games after the Leeds game, I'd perhaps say put a few youngsters in give uh, you know some people chances opportunities that, have, that they've not had this season um, but i just think that it's a very very important competition for spurs i know some people write it off saying it's only the league cup the last time we won a trophy was back in 2008 against chelsea 14 yeah. and a half years um, at a club like spurs you've got to think as well with the likes of harry kane Hunmin son hugo Lloris. you know they're getting older and they haven't won anything at Tottenham. Yeah. About, it is about time that we took some of these competitions really seriously and tried to win them.
1: So he could go all in and just say, look, lads, he might have had them in for a meeting today and say, look, there's two games and then it's the World Cup. It's my job to get us succeeding as much as possible on all fronts. And I think we've got a chance to win this Carabao Cup. So what I'm going to ask you to do is give me not one, but two last big efforts. One in Nottingham on Tuesday night or whenever it is, or Wednesday, I can't remember. Wednesday uh, Wednesday night. And and then again at the weekend. The, the, the other interesting thing about him, if he does say that, and I, I totally take your point, Chris, is, a lot of these players are really close now to going to a World Cup and playing in a World Cup, and many of them for teams that, that have a, you know, have a reasonable chance in the World Cup. And um, England, in particular. I mean, do you think? Here is something that has occurred to me. Do you think it's odd that Richarlison and Romero are? Do you think there might be an element of them not wanting to play at this point?
4: Romero, yes. Um, Richarlison, no. Um, from from what I've read today, Rashardson's actually returning to to training tomorrow, so hopefully he'll be back. Um, but at the end of the day, Tottenham Hotspur pay these players wages, not yeah. their countries, so they should yeah. be playing for their club first of all. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating. Um, but as, as I say, I think for the Nottingham Forest game and the Leeds game, I think Antonio Conte needs to go all out and put the best possible 11 out and try and win both matches and, yeah. and go into the World Cup with, you know, all of us having a big smile on our face.
1: Do you remember when Romero joined, he was told it was COVID times and players weren't supposed to, there were certain restrictions on travelling for international games and he wasn't supposed to go to South America and he just went anyway. He just got on. A, I can't remember. If somebody else went with him. I can't there, remember. There,
0: it
4: was. There's been so many issues with Romero when it's to do with international duty. Yeah, which he really prioritizes
1: Argentina, a, doesn't he?
4: A world-class player like Romero, one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League, for me. Yeah, um, we need him in every single game possible, and I think if we had him in every game possible, we would be uh, far up that league table.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he he 100 prioritizes Argentina. I mean. You know, in some ways, you can understand it, can't you? He turns up at Tottenham, probably never even heard of Tottenham Hotspur when he was when he was, you know, a little kid. Uh, But he's playing. He's uh, for Argentina, a team that really are fancied, aren't they? They're in the. I mean, I think the bookmakers have got them as favourites or second favourites. Most bookmakers, uh, along with Brazil, it's the South American sides that are most fancied, and then it's France, I think. So. From his point of view, he, he might think, look, OK, yeah, I like Tottenham. They pay me good money and they, I like the place. And the, the fans like me. And I, I But, you know, I'm Argentinian. I've always been Argentinian. I've only been Tottenham for 18 months. I've, I've always been Argentinian. And this is a chance maybe to lift the World Cup with Lionel Messi in his last World Cup and everything. This, this makes me immortal if, if we can do this. So just for the sake of a couple of games playing for Tottenham, one of them in the Carabao Cup... I'm sorry. I'm going to tell him I can't play. I mean, you can see it. I mean, it's infuriating. Absolutely infuriating. I guess the good news is once the World Cup's done, it's done. And then maybe we get complete commitment. And maybe we're we're casting aspersions. I don't know. But he has got form, as you say, Chris. And I just wonder even, you know, if he picks a full-strength team on Tuesday... Do people like even Harry Kane, and he's certainly never shown any signs of this before, but if you are Harry Kane and you're trying out on a Wednesday night in Nottingham for a Carabao Cup game, do you have it somewhere in your mind, even if it's in the subconscious, I'm two games away from captaining England in a World Cup that they have a chance in. And I might not get to do this again. I'm you know, I'm pushing thirty. I'll be thirty-four, you know, by the time the next World Cup comes along. Am I does he, does he, do you know what I mean? Does he, is he able? or would you blame him if he was I, only?
3: No, I mean, I I think, you know, I think Chris has got an absolute point, to be honest. Yeah, we haven't got, we haven't won anything. And I think that if Conte decides that, that that is what he wants to focus on, Harry Kane is Tottenham through and through. I don't think he would ever say, no, no I'm not playing. Or, you know, I, I think he would be, out there, and he would give a hundred percent, like he he always does. Because mm. um, yeah, the, the World Cup is important, but you know Spurs is, as you said, Chris pays his wages, and and yeah, so it absolutely they could put out the full squad, and I would be I would be cheering them on as always. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, listen, we're, I think we're going to wrap it up because we'll be back later in the week to talk about that Leeds game in more detail, but. Let's, before we go, do what I always have to insist we do, and that is to give a prediction. Mm. I'm going to want a prediction now for this Forest game. Um, and I'm going to start with you, Dave. I'm going
2: to go 2-0 Spurs. And you I reckon think... he'll play, he will play a slightly diluted side, but we'll still win. I think he will. I think You know, I'm hoping that Jed Spence will get a look in. You yeah. know, he's, he's obviously played for Forest last season in the championship. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that he... Start off with a diluted side, but it had the big guns ready to go
4: on, you know, if needed. Yeah. Okay. Chris? I'm going to go for, um, hopefully, Antonio Conte put out a fairly strong team. 2-1 win. Um, But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what score it is, as long as we are in the fourth round. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Orla?
3: Well, I'd like to point out, and I have to bring this up, but the last time I was on this show, um, I said that Son would score a hat-trick. Um, and he did indeed score a hat-trick. Wow. So I'm not saying that I'm mystic, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go
1: 2-0. Okay. I'm going to say we're going to win it on penalties. <laughs> we'll be oh, so no. knackered. <laughs> we'll be so knackered by the end of it. That, <laughs> they'll all be getting oxygen on the pitch. But, uh, well, let's hope not. Just, like you say, Chris, as long as we get through, who cares? Just Let's get through and stay in that cup. If we can get through this cup... Uh, and stay in the top four for the world cup we'll be very very happy as we go into that for now we'll be back with this Leeds preview later in the week but for now dave chris Orla, thank you ever so much this is the Delaney saying "Kill you spurs
2: if you want to advertise on or sponsor this show check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk
0: sports social podcast network